RadioMD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. Welcome to Healthy Children, where all of our experts are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're talking about discussing with your kids about racism, and specifically today towards Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. It's been something we've been seeing in the news. It's quite disturbing. And here to help us with this is Dr. Steph Lee. She's a pediatrician with Penn State Health, and she's also a spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics. Dr. Lee, it's a pleasure to have you join us today. So with so much happening, it can be really confusing for kids, all of these things that they're seeing, the protests, and specifically anti-Asian violence right now. There was that horribly disturbing video of that woman, and people were just standing around. Tell us a little bit about whether or not, before we get into the tips, you think that social media is helping us to see these things, identify these things that have always been going on, or that they're maybe even possibly making them a little worse. Yes, great. Thanks for having me on. Um, I definitely think social media and the news media in general has started, you know, really focusing on these conversations. I mean, the conversation about racism definitely has been the news and media already for the past year, right? Already with like police brutality and the justice for black Americans. But I think also in this past year, the first time that the immigrant Asian experience in America has really started to come to the forefront um, of America's collective consciousness due to the COVID pandemic in part. And I think with social media, it certainly helps expose, as you said, something that's already been there and something that definitely needs to be talked about and addressed. So when, when is it time? I mean, we hear about when you're discussing racism with your kids and specifically you're talking about black people, you're talking about kids with disabilities and teaching your kids empathy, you're talking about all of these things. And yet for some reason, the Asian community doesn't always come up. I mean, I have to be honest about that. When is it that you can start, I mean, kids learn about things like the internment camps. I certainly did when I was little, but that kind of passes through. You're learning about history. When do we start having those kinds of conversations? Yeah, I mean, you certainly should start pretty early on, right? And I think that's the unfortunate part and why this whole movement has started with Stop Asian Hate uh, recently, because we've kind of been like, there's really been only one huge stereotype of the model minority, right? And then of, you know, being very high achieving. But if you think about the um, Asian immigrant experience here in America, there, I mean, Asia is a whole continent, right? There's many differences between all the different countries and different people who do come over here. So it's always been, you know, even in the census, it's all put into one category and you never really get to differentiate between the different countries and cultures and that's kind of been the problem and so now i think it's starting to bring that to the forefront and uh, really being able to talk about that is super important uh, racial bias can start as early as six months old there's been studies that kind of try to look and see do children see differences in skin tones or notice differences in facial expressions right so that can start as early as six months um, and then 
by the age of two to four, when you're a preschooler, you can internalize bias. So it's really important to start early on to try and celebrate these differences in uh, different skin tones and colors um, and also different cultures. Well, it certainly is. I mean, in all of these times, these are conversations that African-American families have had to have with, have with their kids for years about what they might experience out in the world. Do Asian families have these same kinds of conversations? Is this something that Asian-Americans, Pacific Islanders have with their children? Or is this something that now is being brought up within the Asian community in their families themselves? Yeah, so certainly, um, so a little bit about my background. My parents are both from Taiwan. I was born in California, but we definitely had these conversations. But I think there is a, um, it's very unique to the Asian experience about how they have their conversations, right? So for a lot of people uh, who have immigrated here, they have uh, different sounding names, for instance. That was something that really came up. I know a lot of um friends that I had who may have been um, from Taiwan, you know, they have their names in when you translate it into English, it's very, you know, different tones and consonant vowels and things. And so a lot of them would change their names to sound more English and to try to fit in more, right? So that was a conversation a lot of times that people would say, oh, you would just, you know, once you start school for their kids, they would say, you know, tell them this is your like nickname or you know, this is another name that you can use to have the teachers or your friends say instead of their um, original given name if they were given a different kind of cultural name. So there's there were definitely um, different ways that uh, parents would address it with their Asian children. Well, I, I can really understand that as someone whose family did change their name to assimilate back in the 50s to not seem quite so Jewish. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was just something that, that all of my relatives did when they came from wherever that they came from. So what would you like to tell other parents who maybe have been lucky enough in this world not to have been marginalized? What do you want them to know about teaching that empathy when they themselves may not have felt it before? Yeah, I think it's important to emphasize, you know, America is a land of immigrants, right? Everyone has unique and interesting backgrounds that you can always learn more about. As a parent, you can help, you know, when you have get-togethers with other friends, you know, slowly as we're trying to get back to normal here, you know, share about parents and grandparents' stories. Because no matter where you're from, those can always help illustrate different backgrounds growing up. And then, you know, based on school age, there's different ways to talk about it. So like for preschoolers, we touched about it a little bit already, but, you know, for preschoolers, you can help celebrate differences in skin tones or eye shapes, you know, something that's really pointed out a lot, the AAPI community, you know, and also being proud of their own language and culture, right? Teaching children you know, where they're from, but also if they are uh, able to speak a different language, you know, celebrating that rather than saying, oh, no, we only talk um, a certain language in the house or, you know, you should not think about the language that your parents or grandparents uh, speak. Because a lot of times some of that, especially starting even from preschool age, mentioned the bias against 
speaking a different language or sounding different if you have a different accent, that can be internalized fairly early on and that can you know, lead to a lot of shame and also um, can be very negative if you don't emphasize how important and, and, and positive it is to, to seem a little bit different and have that cultural background. When it comes to, for grade school children, you can, you know, point out different stereotypes and label them as such, right? And, and point out that, for instance, if there's a certain, especially in uh, entertainment, there was a trope of like the kung fu fighting Asian man always, right? It's only recently we've started to have much more diversity um, from crazy rich Asians, you know, to um, the Netflix movies and certain things that are coming out that kind of point, make it much more just everyday, right? Different um, ways people look, but they just, they don't, you know, scream that they're from a different country. It's just diversity and just on, on the stage. I think that's really important to point it out and say, these are good examples of, you know, how everybody, everyday life is without making it very pointedly uh, about race, right? Um, Also, again, especially when you're in grade school, you're starting to meet more people, um, having uh, more friends, and being able to, again, point out unique cultural names, um, discuss how that celebrates culture. You know, everybody, um, when you name your child, there's there's a reason why you name them the way that they are. So being able to say, even if it's an English sounding name, where did that come from? And what was the background about that? So then being able to talk about that with uh, other kids and your friends, I think that helps celebrate that difference. Such an interesting topic and one that's definitely not been discussed previously. Not really, you know, and and that's kind of a shame because we seem to be seeing this whole switch around. Really, our kids are so much more aware of things than we were. I mean, I'm much older than you, I would imagine, but <laughs> I I. I don't remember too much having these discussions except where it's centered around the Jewish community. I mean, that's what we talked about. Mm-hmm. So what would you like to do as we wrap this up? What do you think is most important for parents to do in this moment while we're seeing this rise of anti-Asian violence and these disturbing images and videos? How can we challenge our kids to see these issues, to teach them empathy, and what would you personally like to see changed? This is a chance to tell parents out there how we can make change and how we can get our kids involved in that change. Right. And I think the the main thing is, you know, talking about race doesn't mean that you are being racist, right? You're pointing out differences and you're celebrating them. And I think that's the positive way that you can try and enact change right from the beginning, right from your own homes, right? One of the things, especially with the Asian immigrant experience is that we, a lot of people, because they're immigrants and they come from a different country, or their parents did if they themselves were born here, they always, it's always this feeling that you don't really belong in in America um, because you may not look like a certain way. And I think, especially when you're talking to older children and to teenagers, right, that's a feeling that every teenager knows, right? They want to belong or they want to fit in. And so attacking it kind of from that angle and saying, you know, this, why this is happening is because people just uh, have a feeling that they don't belong, but that's not true, right? Because again, like I said, it, everybody in America has some sort of immigrant 
background or experience. And so that ties everyone together. And that should be a way that everyone should come together and combat the racism that you are facing when it comes to the Asian uh, immigrant experience. And also I would like to add too, you know, we talked a little bit specifically about the Asian racism, right? But I think on one hand, racism is so complex and nuanced, you can talk about Black Lives Matter, and in the same breath, you can say stop Asian hate, because the two are not mutually exclusive, right? One doesn't have to take dominance over the other. And I think it's important to start talking about these differences early, and especially when it comes to the AAPI community, because the way that we experience racism is a little bit different. It's much more about not feeling like you belong, and that's something that we can certainly start teaching our children early on that this country is made up of a lot of different immigrants and that that shouldn't be the case for someone to feel like they don't belong. Hear, hear. I'm so glad that you joined us today because like I said before, this is something that's not being discussed nearly enough and I just don't understand why people don't understand that, why we can't just all be accepting. We're all different sizes and shapes and and colors and personalities. And that's what makes this so cool. So thank you so much, Dr. Lee, for joining us today. And parents, share what she said today. Share it with your friends and your family. Maybe even play this podcast for your teenagers so that they can hear from different experiences why it's so important that we look at this situation and tackle it head on and we have these discussions. That's what it's really all about, right, is having these discussions with our children. So thank you so much for listening to Healthy Children, where, again, our experts are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics. You can listen and Stitcher and TuneIn and Google Podcast and Spotify, everywhere podcasts are played, but we want you to listen at RadioMD.com. I'm Melanie Cole for the American Academy of Pediatrics and Healthy Children. Stay well.